Welcome back to Calculating Christmas. If you missed the previous chapters, you can find them on this podcast in the episode list. And now, chapter five. He sees you when you're sleeping. It is distressing to report that clear logical thinking cannot rule in every situation. That proved especially true right after Carol escaped through the window. Clear logical thinking would have led me to inform my parents that Carol was now loose in a strange city. Strange world, really. Or if clear logical thinking pointed out that telling my parents was tattling, I should have at least quickly mirror-phoned Kalo, or Graham, or Macon, or anybody. However, some situations are destined to be impulsive. I impulsively sprang from my bed and followed Carol out the window. I don't know what I was thinking. I just had to follow her. What if something happened to her? What if she got lost? What if she decided to run away? I ruled out that last possibility. She hadn't taken her treasured suitcase with her. I began to formulate an equation to determine where Carol was going. To my knowledge, she had never been here before, so I didn't think she knew anyone. She hadn't been poring over the phone book looking for places to purchase dark clothing or black lipstick. Could she just want to wander around town and see if we have a secret goth hideout she could join? Maybe my foot slipped suddenly, and I slid down the drain pipe, scraping my knuckles and kicking the wall. No need to use math skills to calculate a solution for this one. Even my mother would have been able to tell that I was too far past the tree to climb into it, and I was too high off the ground to just jump down. I tried to climb up, but wound up only kicking the wall again. Hey! Carol hissed from somewhere below me in the backyard. Keep it down, will you? The whole point of sneaking out is to not let the parents know we're doing it. As I clung to the drain pipe with my bleeding fingers, all the anger I'd stored up about Carol ever since she ruined my sleigh ride with Kalo and took over half my room exploded. This is all your fault! I hissed between gritted teeth. She snorted. <laughs> my fault? I didn't force you out that window. I wasn't the one so busy thinking about Prince Kalo that I lost my concentration on the drain pipe. That's all you, Algebra. I wasn't thinking about Kalo, you horrible angry girl. Horrible angry girl? Aw, you hurt my feelings, Algebra. Carol's acid tone was even worse in whispers, and we were getting to be such good friends. She patted her lips a little. Look, I don't like you, and you clearly don't like me, but let's just forget about this while I figure out how to get me off this drain pipe, because if I fall and break my foot, your chances of sneaking out will be very slim. Assuming she stuck around to get medical help for me. I can help with that, your highness. A male voice directly behind me startled me into letting go of the drain pipe. He caught me before I had a chance to scream. He stood in the front seat of one of Santa's sleighs, but not the one I'd ridden in earlier. I could see a two painted on the front. But this man wasn't an elf, and he certainly wasn't Santa Claus. Mystery man equals early 30s, tall, dark hair, kind but haunted eyes, and clearly he had sleigh driving skills. Please take a seat, your highness. He indicated the seat next to him. I sat down. Thank you for rescuing me? My pleasure, princess. He landed the sleigh in our backyard. The eight reindeer stood silently awaiting further instructions, apparently. Mystery man turned to the tree. In. Now. Gone were the kindly, respectful tones for Princess Lily. His voice reminded me of Cory's dad when he finds lights that have been left on in empty rooms. Cory's father is thrifty in the extreme. He won't even let them throw away his Ziploc bags. He washes them out and reuses them. Carol slowly came out from behind the tree. Her arms were crossed, her scowl deadly. She sat down in the back seat with a huff. Mystery man glared at her for a moment and then turned back to the tiny reindeer. On Dasher, he whispered, and we rose into the air. I gripped the side of the sleigh more tightly than was strictly necessary, but safety was mathematically sound. This was not nearly as fun as cuddling with Kalo under a blanket. Where was Mystery Man taking us? I analyzed what I knew. 
He clearly had the authority to both drive the sleigh and boss Kalo around. Maybe he was taking us back to the North Pole? Would that mean I had failed? I don't think Mystery Man forcing Carol to go home was the same as reuniting her and her parents. Would Kalo be mad at me? Should I have tried harder to make her stay in the room? Another awful thought crossed my mind. What if he told my parents? It would look like I was sneaking out too and I was almost done being grounded. Last month, when I got into all that trouble, mom was so disappointed in me. She kept saying, I thought we could trust you. But dad was worse. His disappointment was mingled with a kind of cold anger. He spoke quietly with me about how I had failed my duty as the future protector by vanishing an entire story, how I should be a model of obedience to my parents for the general public, and how I must never put myself in danger again. Morale for the entire kingdom would suffer if something happened to me. My first responsibility was to the citizens of E.G. Smith's Salty Fireland, not some selfish quest. On and on and on. I felt really awful by the time he was done, and I was not looking forward to hearing all that again. I tried to focus on the tiny reindeer in front of me. Anything to keep from thinking of disappointing my parents. How did they get so small? Magic? Genetic enhancement? Selective breeding, perhaps? Reindeer speculation couldn't keep my focus, so I switched to counting prime numbers. At 587, we started descending. I sneaked a look over the side. We definitely weren't to the North Pole. Of course, we hadn't been in the air long enough for that. We were landing in an empty field somewhere in the country. There were no buildings or roads anywhere that I could see. Up until now, I hadn't really considered the possibility of him killing us to be very high, but a place with no witnesses increased that probability quite a bit. I glanced back at Carol. She still looked angry, not scared. She must know this man from somewhere. Surely even an angry goth girl wouldn't get in a sleigh with a stranger or someone who was known to be dangerous, right? Mystery Man turned around to glare some more at Carol. Explain yourself. She rolled her eyes and huffed. <laughs> Explain now. Carol just huffed again. I felt like I needed to educate her on an angry authority figure statistics. For instance, she clearly didn't seem to know that only a very small percentage of angry authority figures are not upset by huffing. All the rest of them are. And Mystery Man certainly seemed to be one of the upset ones. Would you rather discuss it with Father? Or with King Matthew? You agreed to be on your best behavior as part of this arrangement. If you're going to sneak out of the house like some common party girl, then the deal is off. I'll return the princess to her parents, collect your things, and take you home to the North Pole right now, young lady. I'll never understand why father and mother agreed to this. You have been spoiled beyond belief. When I was your age, I wasn't complaining all the time and dressing like a Halloween character. I had already designed three dollhouses and was running hula hoop production. Oh, yes! Carol snapped back. Fabulous, Nick. Such a wonderful son. You know, I never get tired of hearing about how marvelous and responsible you are. Were you spying on me? How do you have time for all Carol watching while you're making all those toys? Nick quietly saying, He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Dad used the show globe on me? Carol sounded crushed and small. No, Nick answered. Father didn't do anything. I thought it might be a good idea to make sure you weren't getting into trouble or embarrassing us all, and it turns out I was right. Doesn't matter if you change the location, Carol will still be Carol, rebellious and naughty. Carol didn't reply. An awkward silence hung in the air. I counted the reindeer. Yep, still eight. I try not to fidget or think about what my own parents were going to say to me. There was no room in this angry equation for anyone else. One angry and distraught Carol, plus one angry mystery man, named Nick apparently, and possibly Carol's brother, equaled a fight that Lily wants to stay out of. Now, Nick began in a calmer voice, do you want to explain what this is all about to me or to father? Carol drew in a long breath. The house is boring. I wanted to get out and find something fun to do. Boring? Our house was not boring. Boring. Really. Really. 
Nick's voice was still calm, but you could hear the ice in it. If boredom is what this is about, then we're moving you back to the North Pole, because there is no way this is what we're representing to the royal family. You won't be bored at home. There's plenty to do. I glanced back at Carol. She looked stubborn and stoic and ready to dig in for a long fight. Nick kept talking, oblivious to both me and Carol's steely resolve. Love that quest cause vocabulary. I was not oblivious to Carol. She was not budging, and I knew Kalo and Grimm would not be happy with Nick hauling Carol back to the North Pole. That would get us no closer to reunification. It's my fault, I interrupted Nick, without really thinking. What? Carol asked rudely. What? I mean, I beg your pardon, your highness. What did you say? Nick turned to me. What? I mean, what I said was, it's my fault. I rambled lamely, searching for words. I, um, I was rude to Carol earlier, and I think I hurt her feelings. She was storming out the window to get away from me, and I followed her out to apologize. I looked at Carol, whose mouth was hanging open. I'm really sorry, Carol. I'm just having some trouble adjusting to another person in my room. I shouldn't have been so rude. I hope you can forgive me. Carol closed her mouth. Yeah, I'll... I mean, of course, princess. I forgive you. Nick looked at me again. Is this the truth, your highness? I don't mean to question your integrity, but if Carol has threatened you in some way... No, no! I interrupted. I was rude to Carol. Nick looked at Carol. Is this true? Carol nodded and added meekly. Yes. Nick looked at both of us, sighed, and said, I'm sorry to hear that things are not going smoothly at your house, princess. Perhaps these arrangements are not truly in everyone's best interest. I could have a word with your parents and remove Carol. No! I said a little too loudly. Please. The fault was mine. I, I was selfish and ungenerous about my stuff being moved for Carol. Please don't deny her this opportunity because of me. This was turning out to be a bad geometry proof. Nothing was working, and if Nick suggested moving Carol again, I'd have to wish for Glenny to come here and wipe his memory. I don't think I'd really do this, but seriously, come on. Glenny is my fairy godmother. Not everyone in Smith's SFL has one, but princesses almost always do. I like Glenny. She'd given me a math book in my presentation, and despite wearing all plaid, hovering, and having a magic wand, she was usually full of good advice and wisdom. Nick looked back to Carol. She had wised up and was trying to look innocent and angelic. It was about 72% successful. Very well, he sat down. I hope this incident will teach you girls to treat each other with more kindness, and I won't disturb their majesties by reporting this escapade to them. He flicked the reins. On Dasher. The sleigh ride home was silent. I was weirdly feeling ashamed of my fake behavior. I didn't want Nick to tell Santa that Princess Lily was selfish. (sighs) I sighed. It couldn't be helped. It was the only way to keep him from hauling Carol home, and it almost hadn't worked. I just wish it didn't involve lying. After my Cinderella theorem project, I'd promised myself that my lying days were over. I shook the feelings out of my head and recited Fibonacci's sequence all the way home. The Fibonacci sequence is 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, etc. You find the next number by adding the two previous numbers together. 21 plus 34 would be 55, which is the next number. Italian mathematician Fibonacci introduced it to the Western mathematics in his book, Liber Abacai, published in 1202. But the sequence has been described in Indian mathematics since even before then. The Fibonacci sequence is so awesome, there's an entire journal put out about it, the Fibonacci Quarterly. Mom says it costs too much to subscribe to, but you can read the old issues online for free. Nick pulled the sleigh up to our window. He helped me back in first. As he steadied Carol, he said, I'll be watching. Carol said nothing. She just crawled in quickly and stormed out of my room. I heard the bathroom door slam. Nick looked at me through the open window. 
It was a pleasure to meet you, Your Highness. You are just what our kingdom needs, a wise and generous ruler, always placing the needs of your subjects first. He smiled. Um, yeah, I said, unsure what he was talking about. His equation wasn't balancing. What he said didn't match what I told him I'd done. I'm sorry about earlier and hurting Carol's feelings. Nick chuckled. <laughs> Believe me, Your Highness, I of all people know how difficult it is to live with Carol Claus. Have a good evening. He whipped the reins and rose out of sight. I closed the window and thought a moment. Reuniting Carol and her family would be challenging to say the least. I went downstairs to make sure mom and dad hadn't realized we'd been gone. They were dancing in the living room. They declared that Thursday nights were going to be their dancing nights. Last week, they'd gone to 398.2, the hottest dance club in Smith's SFL. Weird name, right? I made the mistake of asking my mom about it and had to endure a 45-minute lecture on Melville Dewey and his system for cataloging library books. If I had known it had to do with books, I would not have asked mom, the author, passionately devoted to libraries and the written word. 398.2 is the section for folk stories and fairy tales. The Thursday before that, they'd gone with the Twelve Dancing Princesses to Tango Island, where the princesses went to secretly dance all night with the princes in their tail. They were in the middle of the Charleston. Mom's arms swayed left to right while her heels swiveled in and out and her feet moved back and forth. We decided to stay home for dancing night this week. We didn't want to leave on Carol's first night. She seemed to have recovered from her earlier emotional crying enough to cheerily dance around with Dad. Dad had his hands on his knees. He was sort of hunched over, and when his knees were touching, his arms were crossed. When his knees were opened, his right hand was back on his right knee. It was a bit mesmerizing to watch. He didn't miss a beat as he asked, Is Carol settling in? I think so, I nodded. I just came down to get us some more pretzels. I'm doing my homework, and she's reading. Lies dripped off my tongue far too easily. The fairy tale magic would get me, like Cinderella's stepsisters, Fanchon, or the others who are published for their bad behavior. Fanchon's younger sister was kind to an old woman who just happened to be a disguised fairy. You see that a lot in fairy tales. The disguised fairy was so touched by the sister's kindness that she blessed her to have precious jewels fall out of her mouth whenever she spoke. That's right. Diamonds and rubies dropped from her mouth every time she spoke. I'm not sure that's a blessing. What if she talked in her sleep and filled her bed with uncomfortable rocks? Anyway, Fanchon was jealous of this, so she went to find the fairy. But she was disagreeable and rude to the fairy, so the fairy cursed her to have toads and snakes fall out of her mouth whenever she spoke. Um, conversation ender right there. To punish the stepsisters, Cinderella's birds pecked out their eyes as they walked to Cin Cinderella to the church to wed the prince. I should not have to explain that I'm terrified of Ella's birds. There had to be a way to do this without lying. I grabbed the whole bag of pretzels and went upstairs. Carol was actually on her bed reading, so at least that much was true. Her magazine had scary goth rocker people look on it. I rolled my eyes and fished around in my book bag for my health and careers homework. I had to identify the functions of my organs and the respiratory system and list pros and cons for my parents' jobs. Thankfully, the school didn't know my dad existed because I don't know how to list the pros and cons for his job. Pros, he's the king. Cons, there are dragons, witches, trolls, and vanishing. Plus, he couldn't see his kid for 15 years. You were stupid to take the blame, Algebra. Carol flipped a page in her magazine. You're welcome, I grouched, trying to angle myself in my bed away from her. I don't know how Maria Agnesi coped with her 20 brothers and sisters. I had one fake sister, and she was driving me crazy. Carol was so rude. I saved her from our angry brother, and she calls me stupid. Maria Agnesi is one of my favorite mathematicians. I read all about her in Women in Mathematics by Lynn M. Osim. She lived in Italy during the 1700s. 
In addition to teaching and helping to raise all those siblings, she was both the first woman to write a mathematics handbook and to be appointed as a mathematics professor at a university. So basically, she's awesome. He'll just trek with Triple S when he gets back to the North Pole, then he'll know you were lying. I let out a breath. <sighs> What's Triple S? Carol smirked. Wow, it's true what they say then. You really don't know anything. What's Triple S? I asked flatly. Triple S stands for the Santa Surveillance Squad, a group of elves that use the show globe to monitor the behavior of children all over the world. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. She sang like Nick had done, except Santa doesn't do it all by himself, so it should really be, they see you when you're sleeping. How can they see the behavior of every child in the world? That's impossible. That's impossible. Carol mocked in a tone that I hope sounded nothing like my voice. It's impossible to fly in a sleigh. It's impossible to deliver the toys all over the world. It's impossible to save the candle maker's daughter and live happily ever after. You really need to redefine impossible. She used air quotes in the last word. The show globe is huge. It's like a giant golf ball, and each dimple is a different screen which shows a different child. There are thousands of screens. One elf enters the show globe room, and all the children he's responsible for are displayed. In the time it takes you to blink, the elf can see and register the past 24 hours for an entire caseload. That's impossible. Don't even say it. Carol's eyes flash bright. Elves have excellent visual and memory capabilities. Puny human eyes and brains can't do it, but an elf's can. Once, when three triple S elves were down with the mumps, Nutmeg was even able to handle their caseloads. Your triple S elf is Lumina. She'll record the lie you just told in your book. Nick could look it up, but he'll probably check out the show globe himself. Either way, you're going to be down a present this year. Or down all of them, if one lie equals one less present. I'd lied a lot since becoming a princess. You just said that humans can't use the show globe. No, I didn't. I said a human couldn't look at thousands of children's streams at the same time and process them as fast as an elf, but a human can look at just one certain girl's video stream and queue it up to a certain time when a certain princess did not say anything rude to that human sister. Great, I sighed. We're going to get into trouble anyway. Maybe not. Carol shrugged, picking up her magazine again. The show globe also interprets your motives. Since I'm sure you covered for me for some goody-goody princess reason, that will be taken into account. Nick will probably hope you rub off on me. Besides, he's such a brown noser he wouldn't want to contradict the princess. I ignored Carol for the rest of the night. I pretended to do my homework, but I was really thinking about Lulimina watching me all my life. Like, even when I picked my nose or took the last Pop-Tart? Or worse, when I lied all the time to my parents? The Lumina worries follow me through the night like a misplaced negative. Beginning math students will sometimes put a negative sign in the wrong place. This makes them get the wrong answer. In the shower, I tried to make sure I took a fair amount of soap and that I didn't hog all the hot water. I also tried not to think about Lumina seeing me naked. Surely the elves had some sort of filter for that, right? Carol was already asleep when I got back to the room. Her lamp was out and she was facing the wall. I slipped quietly into bed. My quietness equation didn't necessarily equal politeness. I just didn't want an angry and tired Carol yelling at me. I read a chapter in Women in Mathematics and turned out my lamp. I started counting by squares to fall asleep. Counting by squares means listing all the perfect squares in order. One squared is one, two squared is four, and then three squared, which is nine. So one, four, nine, 16, 25, 36, etc. At seven squared is 49, Carol rolled over and said quietly, Hey, algebra, 
Thanks for helping me out with Nick earlier. I know you didn't have to. Oh, you're welcome. I heard her roll back over, and I was baffled. Carol had said something moderately nice to me. Maybe this case wouldn't be so difficult after all. Kayla and I could reunite them by Thanksgiving, and then he and I could use some of the leftover time to cuddle or... I stopped myself. Rationally and logically, I returned to counting squares. At 20 squared is 400, emboldened by my success with Carol, I whispered across the room, What's in your suitcase? There was no answer. Carol had either fallen asleep or was planning to murder me for mentioning the suitcase. Thank you for listening to Calculating Christmas. If you can't wait for next week's chapter, you can always purchase the book on Amazon in print or Kindle formats. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on the characters or the story. You can reach out to me through the Lily Sparrow Chronicles Facebook page. Until next time, happy reading.